0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 113 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, and I'm your host, and it is a great pleasure that we bring you yet another episode. Whether you're a long-time listener or listening in for the first time, it's great to have you with us. Now, a couple of you noticed a bit of a mistake in last week's podcast. I gave the incorrect date of recording. Well done for spotting, uh... Uh, last week's episode was not recorded back in June, it was in fact of course recorded at the end of August As uh, so the, the, the date was correct but the month was incorrect and uh, for the record this one has been recorded on Saturday the 3rd of September uh, Chris will be joining us in just a second, he's got a great listener question that came in via his YouTube channel and then of course he'll stick around and share the latest of the cruise news with you So let's jump straight on in, enjoy the show once again time for my favorite part of the show where we welcome our good friend and maritime historian to the show chris Frame. welcome back
2: hey barry good to be here
1: yeah great nice. night and uh, good to be in person out I and know. About. nice
2: out and about a lovely wintry day but we're inside
1: and got a coffee so all is good exactly exactly um so we had um we did uh, last week's show a little bit differently which uh, thank you very very much for that that was appreciated you basically um, recorded the cruise news and I kind of weaved in my interviews and stuff, which was pretty good actually. <laughs> that could be a It was painful to be honest. But. Know, well, we won't do that again. <laughs> so it's good to be back and, and doing it in person again, which so is ha, great. Ha, but.
2: D- tell us, how was um,
1: Clear, uh, clear Three Sixty? You were
2: travelling, which is why we had such a strange uh, yeah podcast
1: yeah. setup. <laughs> um, so Cru- Cruise Three Sixty, which was the. Uh, the the cruise conference, uh, the biggest cruise conference in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, It's happened every year for for as long as I can remember and obviously it's had a bit of a a, a hiatus. Mm. Um, Things are back and it was great to be uh, out amongst the the cruise community. There was about 500 and something, just shy of 600 uh, guests there. And every cruise line that's a clear cruise member was was around. So it was just a really good opportunity to reconnect and find out what's happening, what the plans are for obviously wave season, which is literally just around the corner down here. Um, and uh, you know, learn about some of the, uh, the things that have happened during the pandemic yeah. and how things have improved. How things and, are uh, improving, yeah. I think the unanimous uh, thank you from the room was around uh, the improvements around muster drill, but have come about uh, thanks to uh, social distancing and yes, things. So, yes. yeah, no, it was a really, really good conference, and uh, came back uh, full of beans and full of energy. And uh, yeah, we're here doing the podcast again. I'll so have to,
2: I have to join you next year. Absolutely, Actually, I have this. Um, this, this dream, I suppose, of one day being able to stand up on the stage at uh, 360 and give oh. a bit of a historical background for everybody um, with the maritime history stuff, you know, which works so well with this podcast. So yep. perhaps if um, the, the stars align, thing, maybe yeah, yeah. we put, put it out into the universe exactly.
1: <laughs> Um, now we've got a list of question I believe that came in via your YouTube channel. Um, yes. All around the the class system and uh, on the the ocean liners.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's Jesse. Um, sent a message in about wh- when and how did the class system start being seen on the ocean liners? First, second, third, etc. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because. You know, people always associate that with those great ocean liners, the first class passengers in those opulent yep. ambient experience, and then second class and, and, and third class being a little bit more, um, or a lot more uh, basic, basic <laughs> and uncomfortable. Um, but you know, when you look back at the early steamships, the ones from the 1800s, the first paddle steamers, mm-hmm. um, their accommodation was all very basic, mm-hmm. and right. so. You know ships um, like the the first vessels for P&O, uh, the William Fawcett, for example, back in 1829, um, or um, even up to Britannia for Cunard back in um, 1840. The accommodation was exposed woods um, bunks, mm-hmm. uh, hammocks in some cases oh, on wow. some of the ships. I mean, you had. Um, they weren't the only line starting. There was lots of uh, fledgling um, ocean liner companies at that stage trying to establish these services. And it's because primarily the ships were designed to be cargo and mail carriers. Yep. Postal service ships, they were based off subsidies. That's how they used to get their funding. Yep. Um, and the paddle wheel machinery was all centered amidships. midships. Mm-hmm. So you had the big central part of the ship that had the engines. Yep. It had the big reciprocating engine. Of course, the paddle wheels on both sides. Um, and passengers were really accommodated in sort of small areas at the front of the bow or the stern of the ship right. where there wasn't other things being used. You know, yeah. they, they put all of the cargo spaces in, the mail sorting rooms, the postal service area, crew accommodation, coal bunkerage, and then the passenger accommodation. Yeah. Um, so very basic, very um, uh, sort of spartan in its, in its interiors, but... Only the wealthiest people could go on the steamships because they could—the only ones who could afford it. Yeah. Um, the alternative was sailing ships, so poorer yep. people or people with less means were going on the sailing ships, um, and it was a very similar type of accommodation because these were also working ships. Yeah. Um, but it took a lot longer. Now, when the propeller was introduced, um, which moved a lot of the machinery from the um, paddle wheels down sure. into the aft end of the ship and yep. um, the engines could move further aft the, the boilers obviously were under the water line um, and the propeller was associated at the aft end mm-hmm. of the vessel that central part of the ship became vacant um, for other amenities to be yep, included yep. so you know shipping lines like White Star with its um, oceanic very revolutionary ship its first ship that they sailed yep. on the Atlantic um, they were able to build into the ship accommodations for the more wealthy passengers and so you saw a split between first-class mm-hmm. and the steerage yep um, and this is where you see things like dining rooms being introduced lounges a gentleman's smoking room yep. ladies writing room interestingly enough as they were still quite segregated mm-hmm. when it comes to gender yep um, so uh, in first-class after dinner the men and the, and the women would go to different parts of the ships to socialize um, and in steerage, the single men were berthed in one part of the ship, say at the aft end, and the single ladies were berthed at the forward end uh-huh. to stop intermingling. Um, uh, so it was quite controlled. But that's sort of when we start to see it going from being one type of accommodation, but that's all that people could afford, yep. um, through to being a lot more sort of categorised in terms of first class and yep, third yep. class. And then, I guess naturally, you start to see the development of second class, which is that that middle section of the ship um, where you haven't got the because first class was getting more and more opulent Mm -hmm. as other shipping lines came in and competition started to increase Um, and so that became more expensive then you had steerage which was very basic and so second class was sort of developed to allow the up and comings people who had some means but not as much as first class to have comfortable accommodation that was a little bit more um uh you know, fancier than third class or steerage, but wasn't quite the epitome of of first class um, accommodation. Now, what's interesting is that some shipping lines, second class was like premium economy, I suppose. I was just gonna say, is it similar? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was like steerage plus. Um, but others like White Star, for example, Cunard, Holland America, it was sort of very much like um, first class um, junior, I suppose. Right. Right. The, just the, the Tone tier down underneath. A little bit, yeah. yeah, toned down. And quite often they would um, decorate the second class accommodations in the same style as first class, but everything was toned down. So instead right. of having the massive domed ceiling, they might have like a, a, a pitch ceiling, but it has similar sort of decorations. If the ship was done in Louis Sixteenth style or whatever, Um, It it was um, the same sort of uh, style that was done in in second class as well, but just much more basic Mm. in terms of its decorations. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of how it developed. Um, And then it became, I guess, a way for shipping companies because a lot of them were connected with governments. You know, British shipping companies yep. versus French versus Italian yeah. versus German um, So that first-class experience became this way to sort of showcase your nation to showcase the wealth yep. and the luxury Luxury yep. rather of, um, of what your country can offer
1: ah. Awesome, love it. Great question, Jesse. Always a great answer, of course, Chris. Yeah, it's fun.
2: It's always fun to, to hear from the listeners, so yeah, absolutely. And this time someone from YouTube, which is nice as well. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, if you are listening and you want to send in a question to, to Chris or myself, then you can do so via the website. Uh, head to thebigcruisepodcast.com, and in the top right-hand corner, click on Join the Show, and that'll uh, find its merry way to us, and uh, we'll answer it in a future episode. Likewise, if you're uh, heading out on a cruise and you want to do a cruise review, you can contact us in exactly the same method. Chris, we're going to take a very short break and we'll be back with the, uh, the latest cruise news. Sounds good.
0: Be sure to share the podcast on your favourite social media channels.
1: Okay, Chris, let's kick it off with the latest news. We did touch on this last week, of course. Mm. Our, our friends at Norwegian Cruise Line, their uh, beautiful new ship, uh, Norwegian Prima, mm-hmm. which took place up in the, the Northern Hemisphere. What happened, Chris? So she was uh, the
2: first major cruise ship to be christened in Iceland, Bas, mm. And we've both, you know, you and I have both been very um, excited about this ship, so it's nice to see her. Her um, having her name officially applied to her and uh, the christening ceremony there, um, and she's now undertaking her first voyage from the um, Icelandic capital of Reykjavik. Yeah, um, and she's uh, arrived in um, Amsterdam on the third of September. So she's well on her way to. Um, you know, on the first
1: fair-paying passenger voyage. Of course. Of course, Katie Perry was the, the godmother, and uh, there was a whole fanfare around uh, the, the naming ceremony. Lots of great photos of us available online, and, and also a great video uh, showcasing uh, not only the ceremony, but also some of the great features on board the ship. Yeah. Just a reminder for those that may, uh, may be new to the show, uh, she's uh, 143,000 tonnes. She carries about 3,000 guests, give mm. or take, yeah. in double occupancy. Um, got some great new features on board. It's not the first time we've seen a speedway, but I think it's the first time we've possibly seen a three-level or three-tier racetrack at sea. Very big. (laughs) We've got uh, the rush and the drop, uh, some different slides that have been applied to this particular space. But I think what I really like about this ship is she's just reconnecting with the ocean. I think we've spoken about this before. How For a little while, cruise ships kind of became looking inward and it was all about the ship whereas this one's really all about the ocean and where you were traveling to so um, uh, which is
2: interesting Baz, because that was one of the things that made cruise ships um, successful in the early years is the ones that had that outward looking connection with the port connection with the ocean became the most popular and i think people have been missing that so it's nice to see that being introduced again on um, on the prima class
1: it is exactly We'll move over to MSC next, now they've just announced that there's a new feature um, amongst many that's going to be on their next ship which is the MSC Seascape, Yeah. this time we're talking about something called a Robotron. It's a bit of a combination of a roller
2: coaster, a shipboard roller coaster um, and it's been personalised with uh, DJ music for, your, um, for the experience, so you know, your own sort of DJ yeah. uh, experience on board the roller coaster which is quite interesting. <laughs> um, using a lot of high-tech features, I
1: suppose, which is one of the things that this new ship's uh, quite renowned for. Yeah, no, it is. Um, and uh, other things that you'll find on board, they've also got a VR 360 flight simulator, mm-hmm. VR motorbike. It's They're the... getting
2: quite popular, those flight simulators, at Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, they've been well-known for a long time about the Formula races that they have on board many of their ships, and they've got this new immersive X-D Cinema as well. Yeah, um, she's this...
2: gonna... I was gonna say, she's gonna be um, launched, or, or I guess uh, inaugurated in New York. Having a naming ceremony on the 7th
1: of December mm.
2: of this year.
1: And interestingly, if you wanted to do the transatlantic on this sailing, this popped up in my inbox this week. I forget the duration, I think it's probably about 14, 16 days. Okay. Have a guess how much it is, Chris, in Aussie dollars, including taxes. No. Oh, I don't know. Tell me. $1,200. Is it really? Yeah. That's <laughs> ridiculous. It's... Now, obviously, you might be listing elsewhere in the world, so it'll be in pounds or US, and yeah. may or may not include taxes, but that's an incredible price. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, for a brand new ship. You can hardly get an airfare for that price, these <laughs> exactly, days. Exactly, exactly. Uh, So if uh, if you've got a bit of time up your sleeve late November and you fancy a little transatlantic cruise, then uh, head over to your local travel agent and find out all about the MSC Seascape. Now, uh, Holland America have long been known for their connection with uh, not just one celebrity chef, but their culinary council, as they Mm. refer to it, which is basically a collection of celebrity chefs that uh, come uh, and gather and uh, design the menus on board, but also host little events. And we've just found out that uh, the 2022... Culinary cruises have been announced, which includes a whole array of these different chefs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've got um, uh, there's a whole number,
2: as you mentioned here, including um, Jacques Torres, uh, Rudy Soderman, uh, David Burke, um, and they're going to be doing you know various voyages on the different ships. So, you know, New Amsterdam, for example, um, New Staten Dam is going to have uh, a voyage on board, and Zandam as well. So. And Westerdam too. Mm. So it's going to be spread out amongst the the different ships in the fleet and the different cuisines there um, for the the various different voyages they're going to be taking on, which cover areas such as Alaska, the Atlantic coast,
1: the Mexican Riviera and the Caribbean. Exactly. So uh, great opportunities there. Rudy Southern has been been, uh, known with Holland America for a long, long time and Jack Torres and the others uh, have been around for quite some time Mm. too, so it'll be a great experience if you're into your food and uh, cuisine and you want to learn a little bit more. Obviously they have cooking classes on board and different activities that you can be involved with if, uh, if you wish. Now, we had some great news out of Royal Caribbean and the Royal mm-hmm. Caribbean Group this week, where they've uh, partnered with, of course, Elon Musk's SpaceX. Yeah. What does this all mean, Chris?
2: So, SpaceX, as um, some of you listeners might know, um, have a, a system that they've been developing called Starlink, which is a series of satellites mm-hmm. that allow for high-speed internet without the need of a cabled broadband connection. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's been revolutionising internet access for countries around the world that have the infrastructure that... Um, that that, that uh, cable broadband requires, um, but now obviously it's pretty good use for, for cruise ships because they're notorious for having slow internet. Yep. So, so you know uh, the Royal Caribbean uh, group they're going to be um, uh, utilizing this on their ships, um, and it also includes a variety of the brands, so RCI as well as um, Celebrity Cruises and Silver Sea. Yep. Um, so you know the first one um, that will be taking this on board is the Celebrity Beyond. Um, which will be offering the service from the fifth of September.
1: Yeah, by the time they're listening to this, it's probably already oh, on board. Yes, of course, <laughs> it's already
2: it's already come and gone. My goodness, so it's already there, yes. Oh gosh, how's this year's have flown past Baz? Um, and then the Edge series will also be getting it and in Australia we'll be seeing it on 2023-24 voyages.
1: Yeah, so the installation will be completed across the all ships uh, by the first quarter of 2023. Um, but uh, yeah, incredible. We've, we've received the, the ship list there for Celebrity. We haven't received Royals or Civil Seas just yet, but if we receive that, we'll update you on that one as of next week. Um, now, we keep hearing lots of exciting things about Virgin, you know, of course, heading down to Australia with uh, Virgin Voyages and the uh, the beautiful ship out of Melbourne, uh, but this week we heard about their new sailing club, which is basically their, their frequent cru- cruiser, their uh, rewards program for people to choosing to cruise with Virgin. Now, there's a lot of information in mm-hmm. here, yeah. so we'll just skim over the parts and say that if you do have an interest in this, just head on to the website, to the show notes for this episode, and you'll find everything that you need to know.
2: Yeah, basically, it's a whole heap of different perks that comes with... Uh, Um, being part of the part of the club and particularly when it comes to booking if you've been you know a past passenger um, there there can be um, all sorts of benefits there so as you say it's it's quite a lengthy uh, list of of benefits but quite an interesting looking um, uh, program that they've launched
1: here yeah you could be a sea blazer a sea rover and there's lots of different ways to, to pick up those points and get your benefits on board.
2: I like the way the version uses the fun, uh, fun words as well. So it's like sale in 2022 with deep blue extras, you know, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to just saying, you know, bonus or something like yeah. that. Yeah. They, they're a fun brand and they, they really are um, sort of embodying that, that Virgin style yep. um, across all of the ways that they communicate with uh,
1: with passengers and past guests. Yep, sounds good. Um, now we're heading uh, to uh, the, the other end of the scale now with the, the small ship fleet of Pernmont and they have this week come out with the latest information around uh, itineraries in 2024 to the far north. Yeah, they've
2: got 16 itineraries Baz and six of them are new um, developed itineraries for the Pernod brand. Um, so there's all sorts of different uh, experiences
1: from the Arctic all the way through to America's Great Lakes. Yeah, no, there's a lot to choose from there. Some of those new ones are particularly outstanding. Um, I've, I, can't, I don't think I could pick one, actually.
2: <laughs> no, no, I don't I mean, it's difficult to, to, to choose when there's so many great um, opportunities there. And I think one of the interesting things about, about these voyages is that there's uh, quite a few that sort of tie into the um, observation of wildlife by visiting UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Yep.
1: In fact, I have just chosen one. I've just quickly skimmed through those, and I've just chosen one. It's an area that I've wanted to go to for a long time, and let's not, why not, let's do it on a, a small, intimate ship uh, such such as Liriel. Uh, we're talking about the Quebec to uh, New York itinerary, which departs on the nineteenth of September, twenty twenty-four. Uh, that looks incredible, and it's something that would uh, be happily on my bucket list. I think sounds good. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all we've got this week, Chris. There wasn't an awful lot of cruise news out in the universe this week, but I'm sure we'll have even more uh, this time next week. Uh, Before we wrap up, uh, just a little happy father's day to those people down here in Australia for this weekend, if you're Mm. uh, uh, celebrating with uh, your family. I think Uh, it's the
2: same date in America as well.
1: Possibly. Mother's I know the Day UK thing. is different. Yeah, it's
2: different in the UK, but um, some people in the office were talking about it just recently. Ah, okay. Different countries around the world seem to have the Mother's Day and Father's Day at different times of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So It's a bit like the Queen's birthday. Yeah, exactly. So many different times. Different time <laughs> in every state
1: of Australia. Uh, <laughs> well, Chris, um, great to catch up in person, mate. Uh, we yes, look forward do. to doing this again uh, same time next week. Yeah, take care. Hello, only me, back again, just with a quick apology. There was a couple of gremlins in this week's uh, audio. I don't know how or why, uh, but we'll do our best to make sure that they are uh, not around when we record next week's show. Uh, thank you very, very much for, for listening, and uh, a little thank you uh, once again to those of you that are continuing to uh, to help us out with the donations via buy me a coffee if you're not familiar with that just take a little look in the show notes there's uh, not only that way but a few different ways you can help support the show and any way that you do that is greatly appreciated until
0: next time that's all for today if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave us a review on apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts until next time bon voyage